As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ancient Warfare Answers. Um, this is the show where we try to answer your questions, which you can send to us via email on awa at ancient-warfare.com, uh, via the forum at romanarmytalk.com, or you, become, you can become a patron at uh, patreon.com slash ancientwarfarepodcast, and you can support the show and even get a subscription to the magazine included in your um, in your support uh, as, as a reward for your supporting our show and you can the show and uh, and you can tell us your questions and Nathan has done so I'm, I forget which way he has used presumably he's a patron I don't know Murray do you know I think he is with yes. me by the way Murray Dom oh. assistant editor of Ancient Warfare magazine my name is Jasper Orthaus editor of the magazine um, sorry I completely forgot to, to talk about who we were um, I'm just you know we're just focused on that ancient warfare content stuff it's, you know we don't matter um, but today we're going to talk about Thurio Foroi the, the, the shield the doorstop carriers yes oh right. there you go oh, yes. you've, you've, yeah. you've taken some of my answer um, oh I'm sorry I just, right. go ahead talk, go talk about the men who carry the Thurios so uh, you have the Thurio Foroi or the Thurio Foroi depending on how um, the Greek is transliterated uh, either with a U or a Y uh, and the singular is a Thuriophoros. Anyway, um, they are men who are carrying a oval shield uh, with a boss and a central spine, and it's a fascinating development. So uh, one of the reasons for the doorstop joke is, of course, that the word can mean door, um, an oval-shaped door, uh, or just becomes shield and shield carrier. But the interesting thing about them is that they appear in Hellenistic armies in the 3rd century BC. What they are is debated because they either come from the Gallic invasions of uh, the Balkans and then Greece and eventually Asia Minor by the, the Gauls under Brennus in the early 3rd century BC, Battle of Thermopylae in 279 BC. They obviously have Gallic shields and therefore introduce that oval shield to the Hellenistic armies uh, and that's then widely adopted. Another version is that at exactly the same time, and this obviously makes it very tricky for us to differentiate where it comes from, you've got Pyrrhus's invasion of Italy to help Tarentum in 280 BC. And the other argument is, of course, that he may have either used allies amongst the Italian uh, populations who also had already adopted an oval shield, and so therefore said, well, these are good. I'll use them too. And the third version is again with Pyrrhus fighting Romans who are using oval shields going, well, they work well. 
I'll use those. Now, those are all complicated by the fact that under the Hellenistic system, under Pyrrhus, and then the other successes in uh, Greece, Asia Minor, and even down to Egypt under the Ptolemies, the phalanx is still the primary heavy infantry formation that they use right up until they are conquered by the Romans. And so in the Hellenistic adoption of the Theophoroi, they are light-armed troops. Uh, They seem to replace the Peltast, um, and the the oval shield seems to have additional benefits on top of uh, the small Peltast shield that the the, the Thracian and Illyrian Peltasts used to have. Uh, some people say that the Thracians and the and the Illyrians adopted the oval shield first, and that they were then the reason for the influence on the Hellenistic armies. Um, we're not sure they guard the fa- they guard the flanks of the phalanx. Try saying that three times quickly, um, and so they are kind of like a flexible light armed troop uh, for the Hellenistic armies who have javelins and uh, stabbing spears but they are not heavy infantry. And so some commentators would like to see them as, as, a, as an attempt by Hellenistic armies to compete with Roman armies and have these oval-shielded infantry be heavy infantry, or at least be flexible infantry who can fight with javelins and then form a shield wall and become like a, a phalanx. Um, that doesn't seem to be the role that they were given the role they seem to be given is to, as I say, they're posted on the flanks, left and right of the phalanx, and the phalanx is still expected to do the heavy lifting when it comes to Hellenistic armies, uh, even to the point where the Achaean League abol- uh, basically abandons the um, the Thoreos and goes to a Macedonian model of the small round shield. Um, also called the Pelte, which again is one of those problems for our sources that a shield is a shield is a shield is a shield. Um, you know, even Ammianus Marcellinus uses Aspis in the late Roman Empire. You've got a shield being described as either an Aspis or a Clipaeus or a Scutum, uh, which are for us they're different types of shield, but to them they're just shields. It's the word for shield. I'm throwing it in there, but that that's a specific kind. No, apparently it wasn't. So we might be getting tied up in knots where there's no knots to be tied up. Well, in. We like to see models and, and official exactly. classifications exactly. for everything. I, I came across one passage where it's like, you've used three different words for shield in this one passage. That's really confusing to us. Um, yeah. So, but you know, as editors, we know that people who use the same word three times in one paragraph, we, we want to change it up because it reads more. And it could well be the same argument. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, the shift F7 argument of the ancient world. Um, that's your, thes- that's your thesaurus function, those of you who don't know what Shift F7 is. Okay, so it's really interesting because I think the you're never going to get to the bottom of the, of the mystery as to where does it come from. You could possibly say that the Romans adopt it um, themselves after the Gallic invasions of the 4th century, the Battle of Alia and the, the storming of Rome in, in the 4th century BC, that they see the efficiency of the... Uh, the Gallic shield, the oval Gallic shield, and therefore that becomes adopted by them. Um, that, again, is another controversy as to where that came from. But it's tricky to know whether it's come through uh, the Gallic invasion or through Pyrrhus's experiences with either the Romans or his own allies in the Italian peninsula. What happens, however, is the shield is adopted in a widespread manner across all of the Hellenistic kingdoms. So our best evidence from um, from funeral stelae of 
Thuria Furoi is actually from uh, Sidon and Alexandria. So these these very quickly make their way into uh, Egypt and the Levant. So they're clearly being adopted and used throughout the Hellenistic kingdoms. But then the interesting thing about the Hellenistic kingdoms is they're very much is a keeping up with the Joneses kind of attitude amongst the, the Hellenistic armies, that they're all trying to outdo one another with the same kinds of troops, better equipped, more of them. Um, so the idea that this new troop type or this new equipment is quickly adopted by multiple states is actually in keeping with what they've done elsewhere. So uh, we find these you know, exquisite um, depictions of these. There's, and then there's some later who might be wearing heavier armour. Uh, at the top of my head, is it the Theractikai? Um, that, you know, a heavily armoured Thuriophoros. Therakitai. Therakitai. Is it the same troop type or is it a heavy infantry version of this troop type? Um, again, the jury is out. So, you know, the they fought as light-armed troops. We're not sure who... They are, whether they're recruited from the traditional Peltast recruitment grounds. So you've got Thracians and Illyrians especially, but but others as well. Um, they're certainly not the glamour. Uh, they're not the glamorous heavy infantry phalangite um, to that point. So they're, you're still wanting to be a phalangite if you're in a, a Hellenistic army. Uh, and they seem to kind of fall out of favour in the first century BC. So after the... Hellenistic armies have been defeated by the Romans at Kynoscephalae and Pydna and other battles. It seems as though the the, the Thuriophori basically drop out of use and tend not to be uh, and, used and, and then we get the mysterious legionary imitation type troops, which may or may not be. Well, yeah, you, you, well, the problem is your imitation legionary can look very much like uh, Thuriophori because it's, you know, what's the differentiation? And again, our sources don't necessarily tell us we we're, we're looking at normally visual evidence and and even reading source material and going they're fighting this way therefore they're this thing but the sources don't go this is a thing and this is a this thing and they look exactly the same we don't get that so it's one of those frustrations of the incomplete nature of our sources but that's half the fun really exactly but perhaps not the most satisfying answer always no. <laughs> exactly Exactly. But we'll have to leave it there. We, we, we know they existed, but we don't know exactly how they, their nuances operated. Thank you very much. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.